Well, this is a Sunday in the church that we call Good Shepherd Sunday. And as you know, all around the country, it is called Mother's Day, both of which make it um, a good day for us to consider and to thank God for the relationships that mean the world to us, the relationships that shape us and keep us going, the people who believe in us when nobody else does, the people who are ready to save us from our own destruction, the people who show us what love is. One such person was my mother, whose unwavering love of God, first of God and then of her family, made her a good shepherd to my brothers and me, and all by a flock of friends as well. They remember her as the mother who was welcoming and safe, the mother who fed them and saw the best in them. And in the last months of her life, I remember going to visit her, and she would be seated in her wheelchair because she couldn't get out of it, but she was sitting there praying. She was praying for her children, she was praying for her grandchildren, and she was praying for everyone who does not know Jesus Christ. Many are not blessed to have such a mother, but we've probably all had stand-in mothers, and we've even had fathers who have been as maternal and nurturing as mothers, and we give thanks for all of them today. We also give thanks that we and the parents to whom we were born are all in the care of a good shepherd. In the 10th chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus goes into detail about what it means for us that God is our good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, at this point in the sermon, on the Good Shepherd Sunday, normally a good preacher might ask you to consider what it means that you are a sheep. <laughs> you are scruffy. You are small-brained. You have a mob mentality. You are willing to follow but prone to wander. You are interested only in being fed. Philip Keller wrote very powerfully about the relationship between shepherd and sheep 35 years ago in his classic, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. But this morning, because scripture also tells us that you are much, much more than a smelly sheep, because you are made in the image of God, because you were created for relationship, to steward and prosper creation, this morning I want to talk to you about another relationship dear to Philip Keller's heart, him and his sheepdog. Now, sheepdogs are bred for one thing only, to herd sheep. It is in their brains and their bones and their heart, in the same way that we are created for just one thing, in every cell and sinew of our bodies, to know God, to love him, to serve him forever, and joyfully like a good sheepdog. This beautiful, purebred dog's name was Lassie. And, and Keller saw an ad in the paper from a family who had found her to be so aggressive and unmanageable that they had to keep her chained and shackled. And now they wanted to get rid of her, to give her away to anyone who would take her. She snarled when anyone approached her, including Keller. When he took her home, he put her in a kennel, but she refused food, she refused water, she refused his every kindness. 
Even so, as he watched her struggle and growl and try to bite the hand that wanted to feed him, he was filled with compassion, even love, for this cantankerous, impossible dog. Do you see where I'm going, brothers and sisters? Imagining the compassion that God has for you and me while we are yet sinners, cantankerous, impossible, God loving us before we even know what love is. As a last resort before Lassie would have to be put down, she was so unmanageable, she was worthless, Keller opened the door of her kennel and set her free. She took off for the woods and the hills. He took food and water out to the fields every day, and the next day it would be gone. After several days, he began to spot her off in the distance, sort of looking towards the house. And he also noticed that she was cocking her head at the sheep as though they were something she was supposed to know something about. He just kept on waiting, putting the food out. And one evening, he was standing, looking out in the fields with his hands behind his back, and suddenly a wet nose nuzzled the palm of his hand. And the dog began to accept his kindness and to trust him. In the coming weeks, she was a changed dog. She began to obey him. He introduced her to the herd of sheep, and she took easily and eagerly to the work he set her to do. She learned quickly to herd the sheep, to guard them, to round up the strays. He noticed that she seemed happy, happy with this new way of life, that she seemed to love him, to love the sheep, to love her work with the sheep, to love her rest beside his chair, to love waiting for his voice. Her capacity to serve was a delight to him and to her. Well, why was she so incorrigible before? Perhaps she had not yet met the master who loved her and who knew what was best for her, the master whose voice was imprinted in her very being. But now, but now, you may notice in the scriptures that they often say when things are dire, but now God, God breaks in, God intervenes in the impossible situation when all seems lost, but God. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth so that the waters receded. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we heard Paul say it again this morning. They laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. And it is our story as well, we who have been found by the good shepherd. But now, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Lassie became Keller's shadow. She would eat only when and what he fed her. She would gladly go into difficult situations. She would rush blindly in a dense thicket, trusting that he knew what she did not know, could see what she couldn't see, trusting that he had his eye on her. From her first morning yawn to her flopping exhausted and contented in her bed in the evening, a day's work well done, she spent her days listening for his voice, 
ready to do anything for him. Do you see where I'm going with this? Is your first waking thought, good morning, Lord, here I am. Tell me what we're going to do together today. And is your last waking thought, thank you, Lord, hard though it was for the pleasure of this day and this day's work because of you. Because of their relationship, the whole sheep ranch <laughs> prospered and was a great success. And eventually she learned to obey his commands without even hearing his voice. She knew him so well. She simply knew by a gesture what he wanted and she was eager to do it. People came to watch them work. This master and his dog who had committed themselves to each other, whose life's work of caring for the sheep together was an utter joy to both of them. And so I wonder to myself when I find myself grouchy and disagreeable and on edge and not very joyful, whose voice am I listening to? What work am I attempting to do that is not God's good purpose for me? Lassie was not perfect and Lassie was not beyond distraction. On occasion, she would do what Keller called break faith and give in to the extraordinary temptation to chase crows. And then he had to discipline her. Hebrews 12 says the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. When she came to understand that she was not to chase crows, she and Keller would have a joyful reconciliation. Keller says the hardest command for Lassie to learn was to stay. Isn't that also true for you and me when it appears to you that nothing is happening in your life? When you may be in situations that cause you to question why God would allow you to be in this place, or when you're straining, struggling to jump into action, how hard it can be to stay, to listen, to trust that God knows what he is doing with you and for you, even in this. But because he is a persistent and faithful good shepherd, his mercies new every morning, more and more, you grow accustomed to trust this Jesus, this Jesus who has saved you and whom you have come to love. This Jesus, who besides being the good shepherd, has also made himself the very sheep that he loves and will make himself the sacrificial lamb slain for us. And in a very real sense, he is also a sheep dog, seeking the father's pleasure, resisting the temptation to chase crows, loving to do his father's will. And so it is with us. In our relationship with the Good Shepherd, we are the sheep to whom much has been given. And when we are called sometimes to surrender our needs to the needs of others, or to love those who are hard to love, or when we are harmed not to retaliate, we become the sacrificial lamb. Sometimes we are being given the privilege of being Good Shepherds to our children. That certainly is one of the great joys of being a mother. But always we are sheepdogs 
Always we are seeking the master's presence and his pleasure, discovering in our relationship with him what we were born to be, eager to obey, joyful to be used by him in his life's work of bringing back all the wandering sheep to the fold. In all these relationships between the good shepherd and his sheep and his sheepdog, we begin to take to heart the words of the 23rd Psalm. Say them with me, if you will. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.